Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to Mailman Podcast. Another episode, another guest. Today we have Allegra with us. Let me introduce her in her own words. She is designer of brands and digital lands. This is poetic. Allegra, welcome to the episode. And this is from where I want to start this conversation uh, at. First, welcome to the episode. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Okay. So now jumping onto the, your tagline, designer of brands and digital lands. Why don't you take a couple of minutes and just explain us what does it mean? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, a lot of my work, um, you know, a lot of people come to me for design work, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about, but I am a little bit of a generalist. Uh, I, I would consider myself kind of a T-shaped person. And so even though the kind of the downward slope of my personal T is really specific to design, a lot of what I do incorporates storytelling and user experience and, you know, best practice uh, around e-commerce. And so, you know, I think digital lands kind of encompasses all of those things. And a lot of times there is a branding component to what I do. So, you know, I love a good rhyme. I love a quippy tagline. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Are you a designer yourself? I am. Yeah. Wow. And uh, this uh, tagline looked like work of some fantastic copywriter. So do you also do copywriting? Maybe not professionally, but here and there? I, <laughs> I do. So my dream, this is like getting kind of deep now, but my dream growing up was to be a writer. I actually wanted to be a journalist. I was editor of my high school paper and I graduated high school in 2008 in the middle of the financial crisis. And, you know, when I was editor of my high school paper, you know, I, I designed the layouts. I wrote the stories and stuff like that along with, with a team. But I was like, okay, I have to choose a major in college that's like going to get me a job. And so, you know, of course, thinking like a young person, which is not really how the world works, but I was like, okay, if I can design the layouts and write the stories for sure, I'll get a job at a newspaper or a magazine. And so I really wanted to, to major in the midst of this financial crisis into in something that was really tactical, something that I thought, okay, it's like a fallback plan. I'll absolutely be finding a job in this industry because everyone, you know, everyone was kind of getting laid, laid off from their jobs. And I grew up in, in the United States. I live mm -hmm. in Canada now. So, so that was really, you know, writing was always my, my goal uh, and design was kind of my fallback. And then you know, in the midst of school, uh, I, I kind of fell in love with it. And a big theme for me in my professional journey is really trying to find jobs or projects uh, or experiences that really allow me to blend those two, um, those two passions, I guess. Fantastic. Okay. So uh, talking about your professional journey, do you mind walking us through what was it like, say, over the last five years, six years? Uh, I see on your LinkedIn that you worked with some fantastic brands. Uh, in, one in what capacity were you working with them? Did you help with them with the branding, with the co uh, copywriting, something else, uh, with the personality? Uh, if you can just walk us through your uh, professional career. Yeah, for sure. So um, the short answer is that I really, uh, I really have come to love working with startups. My first few jobs out of school were in really big agency machines where I was like one designer in a team of like 30 touching like one really small piece of the project. And I really just decided because I have all of these different passions that that wasn't for me. And that's really how I had started working uh, with startups, right? Like that's the mm -hmm. exact opposite, being a very early employee in, in a startup. 
And, you know, I love the ability that startups gave me to touch many different aspects of a project. So design, storytelling, product management, uh, and more. And, you know, startups really, you know, when you're an early employee at a startup, it really allows you to experiment and and try and fail on someone else's dime. Um, and, and more optimistically, I think also explore all of the different ways that a brand can come to life and evolve in a really rapid timeline. And so I had done that at a couple of startups, the most notable of which, uh, which, which has not been doing so well in the pandemic is one called Breather. And they did, um, you know, these, these beautifully uh, well-appointed spaces that are available on demand. They went on to raise like a hundred million dollars in funding. Um, and I was a very early employee there and that was a wonderful experience. Uh, but I mm-hmm. found, you know, once the startup got to the, the to the space of like raising a Series A and a Series B, it's not really so much about that creativity, but it's really more about you know scale and and mm-hmm. you know how do you kind of do design at scale and it becomes kind of templatized. And so I was ready for my next move, and my next move was kind of I think the job that really you know, changed my life, if I'm being honest. Uh, mm-hmm. I became an art director and subsequently later on the head of design and user experience at a, at a very small agency called Dynamo. Um, they, they are based uh, or were based in Montreal, uh, but they had this incredible um, client roster. And while I was there, I helped a lot of what I'll call this first wave of direct-to-consumer brands bring their stories mm-hmm. to life. So that's like Glossier, that's The Honest Company, Reformation, a lot of brands that really have a unique relationship and, and um, you know, t- touch point really with their customers. Mm-hmm. And a big part of my job was working very closely with these founders, often before they had even launched their companies, to understand their vision enough to help translate that into, you know, technical builds that could be delivered on time and on budget. Um, and because it was a very small studio, there were like 30 people working there. I also had the opportunity to do design, to lead design, and to help drive the content or the art direction. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure maybe like people that are listening or reading this, you know, that our designers are working startups, you know, mm-hmm. there's just never enough hands to do all of the jobs. So, you know, I think especially in design, design of websites in particular, it's like, well, yeah, yeah, just design, and then we'll find someone to write the content. And for me, that's like kind of a dream because then I get to, you know, I believe writing um, and design kind of go hand in hand. Um, and so, you know, I, you know, I kind of help shape the content and, and by proxy those stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, eventually Glossier, which was our largest client, actually acquired uh, that company that I was working for uh, three days before I had my son. So it was like kind of a very crazy wow. time. And I really had this choice point about, okay, do I want to go and work there as like kind of a head of design or, or, you know, head of digital or whatever it is, or do I want to take the risk on myself and, and figure it out, right? So, you know, especially like I said, I had worked in these kind of big startups, but, you know, that, that kind of started small and, you know, went on to raise these extraordinary amounts of capital. And I knew that that was where Glossier was going. I mean, obviously they're a phenomenal brand, um, one that I really, really respect a lot, but I really did feel like maybe it was a good moment for me to to try something uh, else. And that mm-hmm. really led me to to consulting. And now, you know, I have I have a studio, that studio is called Pact. Um, and it's, you know, it's doing that thing that I love so much, which is now working with this next wave of incredible founders 
um, you know, to bring their brands and their stories uh, to life. So anyway, hope that was a good, a good kind of summary of the last couple oh, of years. Absolutely, it was. So you are founder of this studio called Pact. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, also, I see that. Uh, so you've been consulting for the last three years. When was this studio in this journey of consulting that it began? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, in Canada, were very privileged to have a year-long maternity leave. And I, I took that. I had a very difficult pregnancy. And I really took that time to kind of recover from that experience and also bond with my child, which was really um, just so wonderful and such a privilege. And it really then, I think, you know, it gave me really the time to look around and figure out what what mm-hmm. it is that I want to do. Um, and that's kind of what I, when I said, well, there's not really, there's no job that can match this incredible, you know, company Dynamo that I had. So I'm just going to work for myself until I figure out where I'm going to work, okay. you know? <laughs> and at that time I was like, I don't even know if I'll be able to pay my rent, but I'll figure it out. I'm a new mom now. And, you know, agencies are crazy. So I need, I need to try to make this work because I can't work nights and weekends and all this crazy stuff anymore. So I, I fully, you know, was like, okay, maybe I'll make a couple of hundred dollars a month. Like, you know, I'll afford groceries, (laughs) but really as soon as I started consulting, I mean, the demand for my services really outpaced anything that I, that I could have even dreamed of. Um, And so that was amazing. Uh, you know, they say a lot about freelancing being feast or famine. I mean, I have been mm-hmm. very privileged in that it's almost been all feast. It's, it's you know, um, and but but I was very, uh, I don't know, I guess, stubborn with okay. like, OK, no, I'm just going to do this on my own. I can't I can't hire anyone. I can't hire anyone like it'll slow down, it, you know, and I just kept telling myself that um, and along the way. This is kind of a winding tale, but along the way, I worked very closely uh, with, you know, an amazing friend of mine and, and an incredible technical person. His name is Alex. And, mm-hmm. you know, we worked together a lot on on builds because as a designer, you know, it's very hard when you design this like beautiful website and then you pass it off to a development team that maybe you're not completely in the loop or you don't really see eye to eye, you know, all of these like very intentional decisions kind of go a different way. And so I had met um, this person, Alex, uh, you know, kind of like through the the tech scene in in Montreal, Canada, mm-hmm. and we just got along really well. And, you know, he he was, you know, kind of. Um, you know, he had a very small company called 213 and had, you know, one employee and we just, you know, the three of us really got along very well and, and we just started working together. Um, you know, so he basically became, you know, the person that I referred always as my technical partner and, and vice versa. He always re- referred to me as, you know, his design partner. And we threw each other a lot of projects that way. Um, and so we were always, you know, good friends and great collaborators. And, you know, he when I was stressed or panicked about consulting and entrepreneur, you know, he was really the person that I would call. And, but I really just still wasn't ready to make that leap to, to turn mm-hmm. this into a company. But then uh, COVID happened and, mm-hmm. you know, one, once again, right. Just as like de- demand for my services, like I could barely keep up as a freelancer. Mm-hmm. Now COVID happened. And I, you know, once again, this is a real signal of privilege. And I, I totally own that. Um, Every company in the world now needed an e-commerce strategy. And that's really been the thing that I am highly specialized in, as is Alex. And so uh, we just, we, we could not, we could not keep up. Um, 
so we went from like, you know, being four people, he had then another, um, another employee, uh, to now, uh, 10 people We're 10 wow. people now in the last year. And it's just been this really phenomenal ride. And, you know, we basically looked at each other and I said, I can't keep going from startup to startup on these like six to 12 week mandates. My son was out of school for eight months. I also, mm -hmm. in the middle of this craziness, decided um, this was decided pre-COVID, but executed mm -hmm. during the pandemic to move uh, my family from Montreal to Victoria, British Columbia, an island kind of nestled between uh, Seattle and uh, mm -hmm. Vancouver, and which which is beautiful and wonderful. But it was just a lot going on in my life at one time, right? Like. There's the stress of living through this. I was trying to sell a house and I was on these projects. And I I, I mean, I was getting hundreds of emails a, a day to, to work with people. And so I just said, Alex, like, this is the time to, to turn this into a company. And so, you know, we hired uh, more developers. We hired designers. We hired an amazing uh, head of operations. And, you know, we we are still figuring it out. And, and I think, um, you know, learning as we go, but it's so wonderful to have, you know, a partner and, and that shared responsibility and shared accountability. And um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the genesis. And so 213, it was the name, uh, you know, that Alex very quickly incorporated with, it was like his suite number on the door to his co-working space. Okay. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so when together we turned this into a company, we said, you know, what, what is a name that's really going to exemplify the you know the thing that we want to do and really a lot of our business is based not on having the most clients or the most money but really fulfilling long-term partnerships with people and so pack to us felt like a perfect name because a pact is like a mutual agreement it's um you know it's something binding it's something long-term and that's really what we're trying to do with clients we're not trying to be a pump and dump like you know we're gonna get in and just do something for eight weeks and then you're on your own we really want to help people, you know, start their business and then help them continue to grow and get to that next level. Um, and Alex has a lot of phenomenal experience in e-commerce as well. He was a very early employee at a, a very large Canadian startup, apparel startup called Frank and Oak. Um, worked very closely with with another big apparel startup um, in in the kind of feminine care and intimate space called Nix. And so, you know. I have all of this, you know, great experience in direct to consumer e-commerce and so too does he. And coming back to this idea of like being kind of a T-shaped person, you know, Alex is really like that, but on the technical side, right? He understands operations and logistics and, you know, he knows so much about Shopify. And so I've really, um, you know, I, I love him as much as it's, um, you know, you can love a person professionally, you know, he is, he is my partner in every sense of the word and, uh, and yeah, that's kind of the genesis of Pact. That is incredible. Allegra, okay, so I picked some bits from your story. So there was a time, so you are a creative person in and out since Sometimes. high school. Sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I think I think you are for the last few years, many years actually. So you are a creative person. Then you uh, were a new mom and you ventured out on your own. Mm -hmm. I really like, I really admire look up to these people who have multiple things big things going on in their lives uh, and these people are superheroes uh, how do they just do all of it and come to the other side of it with flying colors so what i want to understand is probably those couple of years 
when you had because when you are venturing out on your own there had there are multiple things you have to look at the business you have to make sure new clients are coming in and mm-hmm. not just that you have to also deliver to those clients existing clients so you have to do mm-hmm. the hard work of executing the executive projects as well and then you were a new mom as well so what were those couple of years how did you manage all of it I mean to you know I think the way that you put it sounds like it's in the past tense and I figured it out and I have an amazing system uh and you know that's really not how I feel at all I think really one of the greatest discomforts that I that I have found kind of with parenting and being a working parent is you know I'm a very intense person you know I think probably by this point in the interview that's that's very evident you know and i try to approach my work with this level of intensity because i do feel like that's what helps me deliver right but i also try to approach my parenting with an intensity right i try to be very present oftentimes i feel like i fail um so it's hard right it's hard to be this this the parent that you want to be and you know employee or consultant or whatever that you want to be business owner that you want to be and then now i've added this other layer which is like now that i have a i have a team right i have to make yes. sure a team is yes. okay um but you know so i i don't know that i have a good answer for it, it, it except that i think i'm learning that like every week every day will will kind of be different i i there's no i have not felt yet in my my parenting journey that there's like a week or a month where i'm like yes this was a home run professionally and i'm an amazing mom and a great wife like i haven't found that yet but i wake up every day and i put one foot in front of the other and i i'm doing my best you know oh yes that's all we absolutely. can do i think especially in covid right like yes. what else yes. can you do okay okay so let me ask this question a little differently right now you have too many things going on so what does a typical day look like and what time do you get up what time do you wrap up for your day what time do you say hey this is this is not the hour the, uh, at which i'll work this is not the hour at which this is the hour at which i'll only work uh, what does mm. a typical day look like You know, I think boundaries are a real issue for me actually. That's why I feel mailman okay. is like my favorite app of all time now because I <laughs> I can't trust myself to carve out those boundaries. So it's like I love that now there's like a system that carves those out for me. You know, realistically like I said I moved across the country in this and most of my clients are based in New York and most of my team is actually based uh in Montreal. So most um most everyone is kind of on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. kind of gross but my day usually starts by looking at slack and email just you know to make sure i haven't missed anything crazy uh i'll get up with my son you know prepare his breakfast and his lunch and then you know my husband will shower and then we'll kind of switch off and i'll get ready for the day usually i'm trying to start work by 8:30 i'm really a morning person like i would do my best work probably between like 4am and 9am but i can't wake up that early you know mm-hmm. and be a functional human for the hours that i that i need to now that there's many other demands on my time uh so i really try to get um i try to get my best work out in the morning uh and then you know a lot of admin work done in the afternoons mm-hmm. when most of my team is signed off right like planning sprint meetings issuing contracts to clients that kind of stuff And then to be honest, you know, my days aren't great, but you know, I'm still very much it's a very small team. Uh I'm still very much in the weeds doing design. So a lot of that creative work actually happens at night when my son goes to bed. So the days are long, but one thing that we've recently started doing, which I'm really excited about and I've found has helped me a lot is mm-hmm. we're doing half day Fridays and just you know, 
holding myself accountable as a leader to sign off, you know, at a half day, I think helps my team do the same. Uh, and, and that's important for me that they have that it's a pandemic. It's a lot of time for people to be in their houses. And, you know, I, I just, I think that the way we approach work is kind of broken. So the half day Friday thing is a really nice thing, I think for the team, but for myself, just having that disconnect a couple of hours early allows me to go into the weekends really feeling like it's the weekend. Like I found even okay. just those three hours, like I'd still wake up kind of stressed about work on Saturday. And now yes. like I kind of get that out of my system on Friday and it's like, I really, really decompress and I don't look at my phone. Like my phone is often dead on the weekend. And I don't look at my computer. <laughs> and that's really the time that I'm most present in my personal life. And I need that to recharge for, you know, what is honestly very grueling as an entrepreneur and as a creative person and trying to deliver on all of these demands, right? For my team, for my clients, and also for my child. Okay. So I'm fascinated by what you just said. Consider, I, I'm a technical guy, but I still consider myself a little bit of creative because solving some technical problems requires some sort of creative thinking, how to solve it the best way. Uh, and I think... And running your own business is also another component. But I think these both of these components are kind of curse because I can mm. just switch off my mind. Even if I know there's Saturday, there's Sunday, but if there's some pending problem that Absolutely. I know is not urgent, I can get to it the next week. I can get to it Monday or on, on Monday or Tuesday. But my creative mind still keeps thinking, trying to solve this problem in my head. And just in case I have the solution in my head, I just cannot resist myself getting to my desk, putting a couple of hours in and getting it out of my system totally. That's it. That is how, and only after I've done that, I can start enjoying my weekends or my mm -hmm. uh, off time. Does it happen with you? And if it doesn't happen with you, how did you figure it out? So it does happen with me. My husband, I will also add, is also a phenomenal designer in his own right. He works for a company called MetaLab. Uh, you know, so it's like I'm in a house where it's two creative people often on a deadline. And, I, you know, realistically, my husband and I are both very guilty of that. But I kind of try, you know, so I give into that temptation. I need to admit that. Okay. But when I want to try to stop myself, I tell mm -hmm. myself one phrase. And so I'll, pa I'll okay. share it with you. Maybe it's helpful, which is just because you can doesn't mean you should. So wow. just because I can do this task right now doesn't mean I should. And, you know, the answer sometimes will be yes. And the answer sometimes will be no, right? I have to really evaluate the ROI or the return on investment of taking action, right? If it makes sense in that moment, I'm going to do it. And if it doesn't, or I think it's going to disrupt something in my personal life or whatever, I, I don't, you know? So I think it's like, you have to give into those temptations. I do think like exactly as you said, it is kind of the burden of being a creative person. Yes. It's it's not like a totally linear um, thing like other jobs might be. But I think in your own way, if you have that recovery time, you know, that's what's most important. You know, it might not always fit on a calendar very neatly, but so mm -hmm. long as you're giving yourself the opportunity to recharge in the way that's right for you, that's really important, you know. I absolutely love this phrase. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. I have a feeling that I should get it printed and uh, put it out uh, in my office somewhere. So, okay. So you mentioned something about recharging yourself mm -hmm. uh, and everybody has a different way. How do you recharge yourself? Yeah, well, 
you know, I'm really lucky because we we made this move in the, you know, in, in the past year to just a remarkably beautiful place. Uh, and so, you know, we can get out and hike a lot, which is really lovely. Uh, I really love reading physical books. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very fatigued, so I don't do it as much, but I, I, you know, I have an e-reader. I have all of that. I can read on my phone, but as much as possible, I really try to read uh, paper books to help me decompress. I take baths a lot. Uh, yeah. And I think, you know, having a kid is really a good, um, okay. like there's really forced balance, right? Like mm-hmm. I can be the most stressed about work and, you know, I can put him to bed and we can have like a laugh about something silly or, you know, my son is like learning to do yoga at school. So last night I put him mm-hmm. to bed and, you know, he was like talking to me about doing yoga and it's very sweet. He's three years old. You know, it's like, there's a lot of purity to that also a lot of challenge with a toddler, but, you know, I think even that helps me recharge in some way because it's like, I could be having the worst day and taking something so seriously. And then, you know, that, that kind of connection, even if it's just for a few minutes really helps to take me out of that, you know? So, um, yeah, I would say that those are probably the ways that I, um, recharge, if you will. Got got it. And a lot of reality TV, if we're being like very honest, a lot of reality TV. (laughs) Okay. okay. Fantastic. Okay. So uh, changing tracks a little bit. Uh, what is your working style like? Do you work in sprints? Do you work um, in um, um, slots of say four hours, eight hours? Uh, what's your working style like? Yeah. So uh, at the at the studio, we work in two week sprints. Uh, I, you know, maybe maybe it's just former baggage, but I think that there's this real sense that like, every week you have to deliver something, especially to clients. And I just think, you know, I've really tried to put a line in the sand and say, we will do our best work if you can actually give us the requirements and give us a couple of weeks to to digest, to experiment, to explore, and to come back with the best solution. So two week sprints for me, like, you know, as an overarching view of time has really been a game changer. I feel like it gives me a lot more agency over how to spend my time. And, you know, I I come back to mailman again, like I know it's kind of funny, but, you know, just being able, just not getting like hung up in like the faux productivity of like the hamster wheel of like, okay, I answered an email. I was Mm -hmm. super productive. I'm sure we're all very guilty of, you know, this sense of like, well, I spent a whole day answering email and like, yes, I was doing stuff, but I didn't do any of that deep work. So um, I almost use like the the mailman times, like where the scheduled delivery is coming as almost mm-hmm. like the, the blocks of time in my day, right? So it's like, well, what do I want to achieve in the first two or three hours of, of my day? Then I know there will be a break and I'll check my email and I'll eat some lunch or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I would say overarchingly two week sprints, you know, and then with, with my larger, you know, clients, like, and I, you know, I am able to actually plan out the roadmaps like six months to a year ahead. So that's really nice to have that kind of predictability. And then day to day, uh, really try to block out work in two to three hour um, chunks of time. If, you know, if it's a great day, if it's, if it's a day where that's not happening, it's a, it's a lot more context switching. Got it. And uh, in, in, and just with your personal work planning, I mean, this is at studio level, but just as your personal work planning, do you think in mm-hmm. terms of days or weeks, do you plan in terms of days or weeks? Like, do you plan for Ooh. a day every every morning or the night before? Or do you plan on Mondays for the entire week and reflect back on Friday? That's a great, that's a great question. I'd say I'm I'm not sure yet, not because I don't know, but I think that there's actually been a real shift for me since I kind of 
turned from being a consultant or a freelancer to running mm -hmm. a company. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, when I was freelancing, I would say I would book out a day of my time to a client, right? So I would say, you know, you get two days of my time and you get two days of my time. And then they would know, right? You can reach out to me on Tuesdays and Thursdays or Mondays and Tuesdays or whatever. So when I was a freelancer, I was really, um, that gave me a lot of structure to be able to say, okay, well, here's what my week's going to look like. Here's my task that I'm going to tackle on Tuesday and Wednesday. Now it's a little bit different. And I think, you know, coming back, like I, I am learning, right? Like with this time zone and, you know, with starting a company, like, the boundaries and planning to make time for my own work so that they fit into the cadence of a regular workday, I think is still something that's very much a work in progress um, for me. But my nature is really that of a planner. So I'm okay. constantly thinking a month in advance, a week in advance. I'm really, it's never like I'm waking up and like the day, you know, I just make my plan for the day that morning. It's, you know, I would say it's kind of an ongoing an ongoing plan. Fantastic. And do you use any tools to then do these kind of plannings or is it mostly just mental? Yeah, that's a, I mean, you know, I've used so many apps, like I'm, I'm always trying to find the app that's just going to solve it all for me. And I go through phases, right? Like I've used Notion a lot, uh, you know, which I really loved, but I find I always end up coming back to the most analog solution. Like that's just mm -hmm. the way the cookie crumbles. And so when I want to block out, block out a chunk of time, what I, what I'm doing now for the lot. And I find it's like, it's just the one thing I keep coming back to because it's the one tool I consistently use is, is Gmail or, or Google calendar. Okay. So I'll like block out a chunk of time and say, okay, this chunk of time is to do contract writing or client work. And I'll actually list out the bullet points and actually plan the task in there. Um, so that, that's for me personally. And then a lot of pen and paper, I am kind of an analog person and then project planning, task planning, like the, you know, the roadmaps, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, I use Asana, um, for, for the studio love and it. love that tool, but it's like too robust for like my, my personal okay. planning and stuff like that. <laughs> okay. Okay. So when you get up in the morning, uh, do you already have things that you have to do uh, for the day? Or do you get up and then you uh, figure out, hey, these are top three things or two things that I have to finish up uh, today? I already have the plan. <laughs> I Yeah, I uh, like I said, I would wake up like raring to go at 4 a.m. Like I'm quite if I can't sleep, like okay. I just wake up early and 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 knock a bunch of stuff out. Um, so, yeah, but like I wake up. I mean, I don't even need a glass of water. I'm just like, if I could okay. just like go right to my computer and like get out all of my ideas, it would be great. And a lot of times I even dream about work. So like, this is where that oh, wow. re recharge comes to me. But sometimes I'm like designing in my dream. So I'm like, okay, I got to go to my computer and, okay. and like get this idea out or whatever it is. So yeah, I mean, I would say I wake up. Uh, there, there's not a lot of question marks when I wake up. It's like very clear what I need to do. And if there's some things that I uh, like, that are in the future that I know I can't forget, like I need to go to the bank or I need to do this. I use the 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 task feature in in Google Calendar too. Ah, so okay. a lot of the the task management, the 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 day planning, the blocks of time planning, uh, is now kind of happening in 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 Google Calendar for me. Yeah, got it. Okay, so changing tracks a little bit. Uh, have you recently formed any new habit? A new habit. I don't it think it could be so. anything, any small, any large. What was the last habit that you formed? It could be as small as um, drinking at least this much water every single day. Oh gosh, that's forever my goal. A new <laughs> habit. Um, okay, well, I'll. Yeah, I don't know that it's like strictly work related, but 
I'm trying to do more calls while walking. Okay. So, you know, the weather is really nice where I live. So I try to go out and walk. And so, you know, sometimes it's really wonderful. Like I'll have three hours worth of calls that don't require me to do a presentation and I'll walk Mm -hmm. like 14 kilometers while I'm on these calls. Um, So that's, that's good. That makes me sound like I'm very fit and obviously I'm not um, with this work, with this work schedule I just outlined. Um, So that's a new habit. I would say that that's something I started doing in the fall and the winter you know, Mm -hmm. I think I've been kind of remote for a long time, but I do find like the zoom fatigue in the middle of COVID is very real. Right. Like, so I've been trying that. I think that that's, that's good and healthy and I would love to do more of it, but you know, a lot of my job relies on me being actually in front of a computer to give a design presentation or what have you. So um, not all the calls can go like that, but that is a, Mm -hmm. I think a positive new habit. Um, And I'm trying very hard in my personal life to start like a gratitude practice with my son. So actually Mm -hmm. going through with him and, you know, talking about, you know, what the best parts of our day are, what what we're thankful for. Um, So those aren't, you know, strictly work related, but I think that those are probably the closest things to new habits I've been trying to do in the last couple of months. Amazing. It didn't have to be related to work at all. I absolutely love these small, small things. So uh, I read this book called Atomic Habits, uh, where, yeah. uh, where where the author speaks about these small, small things. And I started uh, doing exactly the same thing, uh, walking while talking. Yeah. And uh, I'll take my phone calls. And even if I could not go out, maybe it's nighttime, I'll take a stroll um, in my office itself. Right now, if uh, nobody can see, I mean, uh, the listeners cannot see, but I'm yeah. uh, standing and talking to you uh, because these small steps that I do, these uh, like just, uh, the, these little moments, um, I was I read somewhere that these add up. So you never know these things. I love uh, that. Yeah. So absolutely, absolutely love this new habit. Uh, I'm I'm sure um, just maybe a couple of days walking these 14 kilometers in a day. Is fantastic, not just for mind, but also for the body. Yes, exactly. Okay, Allegra, uh, let me ask something less serious. Okay, <laughs> so if if someday if you have to just waste say twenty minutes, half an hour, do you, do you have any favorite websites that you go to kill time? Yeah, I read the New York Times a lot. Okay, Twitter. Not fun, yeah, but yeah. real. New York Times know? is still a little work related. Twitter, I like. I like Twitter. How do you yeah, use Twitter? Twi- yeah, tw- Twitter's, you know, Twitter's good when it's a good news day. It's like doom okay. and gloom when there's a bad when it's a bad news day. There's a another um American kind of publication um or site uh called The Cut, which is, you know, I think a lot of stories um I mean, it's like, you know, it's it's a cultural publication, you know, so it talks a lot about like, you know, current events, but like through the gaze of, you know, the cultural moment that we're living through. Um, I like the writing a lot. Uh, yeah, I would say that those are the websites. Right. I'm not like big into Reddit or anything like that. Oh, Twitter is fantastic. I mean, um, I'm also guilty of spending at least a couple of hours every single day on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, Mostly because uh, every week I find somebody who is doing some amazing thing on Twitter and they're just and they're just telling about the world. They're doing some stuff in their life at their work and then they're just tweeting about it. Nothing exactly. else. Exactly. 
and it just it it feels like a twitter version of a reality show where you are get <laughs> you <laughs> you're witnessing life something is going right in somebody's life something yeah. is going wrong in somebody's life and also a little bit of inspiring because um uh when you're building a business almost every single week feels like feels like uh, something is going to fall apart yes. something is going to fall. yes <laughs> <laughs> and 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 it is a little comforting to know that um, uh, somebody else is feeling the same but uh, and this is not just me uh, mostly every business is like that uh, okay so alagra we are towards the end of our interview uh, this is the part where i where i ask this magical question so just imagine magically somehow you get one additional hour every single day for the rest of your life so you have 25 hours in a day everybody has 24 hours in a day just magically somehow how yeah. would you spend this additional hour i think i would spend this additional hour waking up you know or it's like it's a magic hour as you said mm-hmm. so like no one can bother <laughs> me in this hour but i somehow am waking up earlier than everyone else in my house mm-hmm. and i'm making a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and i'm just reading like i just have the chance instead of that that inclination to just like go 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 got to check slack got to check my computer whatever it's like a mystical hour that somehow doesn't exist for anyone but me yep. and so i you know i can just settle into the day because i am a morning yes. person i never have that chance to settle into the day so i think that that's how i would spend it you know yeah i think so incredible and what kind of uh, books or things do you like to read well i like to read all kinds of things you know i read a lot of you know i guess what i'll call like business books or you know mm-hmm. uh, stuff like like i've read atomic habits mm-hmm. um and you know like i like to read books like that um sometimes they're tangentially related to my job so a couple of years ago um a couple of the partners at google ventures wrote an amazing book called sprint um and then another one called uh, make time which is just about how to carve time out of your day so i read a lot of i mean i don't know if that's like business or personal help or you know self help or personal improvement or what it is but i read a lot of those books um i love writing uh, reading essays um okay. so gia tolentino who's one of my favorite writers she's a writer at the new yorker um she writes a lot about the internet and the way that the internet is is you know shaping our lives and she wrote an amazing collection of essays last year called trick mirror um i loved that book and then you know sometimes it takes a lot i think for my mind to just allow itself to wander uh but when i'm in that mood you know i really love um i love a great fiction book but i yeah i mean a cup the best you know the, the best fiction book i've read in like the last couple of years though it's not at all current as a book um by donna tart called the goldfinch and it's like mm-hmm. this massive book and i read it on vacation but um yeah like that's i mean that just really stands out in my mind as like one that i really loved and enjoyed yeah i recently read barack obama's memoir i'm kind of all over the wow. place trying to get more into audiobooks now you know especially with these walks or if i have a a dead minute um when i can't always just like have a book in my hand so that's also been mm-hmm. fun yeah incredible alegra uh, it was fantastic chatting chatting uh, fantastic chatting with you if anybody wants to follow along your journey know more about you get in touch with you what's the best way yeah that's a great question you can follow me on twitter as we talked about i'm there uh i'm alegra posh so p o s c h 
Um, and you can check out uh, check out my work at allegraposhman.com. And then, yeah, the PACT website will be will be kind of coming soon. It's work in progress right now, but soon it will be workwithpact.com. I think that's it. Listeners, if you're listening to this episode on the podcast application, uh, you will find all of these links in the show notes of this episode. And if you are reading, I mean, the link should be in front of you. Allegra, thank you so much for taking your time. I absolutely enjoyed it. Uh, those small, small things, your journey through your, when, 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 you, when the agency that you were working for sold to one of your biggest clients, then being new mom, then venturing out on your own, finding a partner, working together, growing the team to 10 plus people absolutely inter, uh, amazing uh, life journey. Uh, I'm inspired uh, to try a couple of things. The biggest thing I'm going to try is everything, just, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. I am trying to remind myself to remember this whenever I am that uh, creative zone, uh, when, I shouldn't, when I shouldn't be doing something, but just because I can, I would want to do something. I yeah. just trying to remind myself. I, I don't know how to, how, how would I do it? Probably I'll just uh, make a weekly reminder every Saturday, Sunday in my calendar, which just, just pops up at 9 a.m. and says, <laughs> just because you can do something, you shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, and I'll what I some- love about that is like, sometimes we want to rush to do something because we think we have to. And so I find like that yes. question is like, am I doing it because I want to or because I have to? So I hope it works for you. I hope it's a good tip. We'll email each other and we'll keep each other accountable. I'll I'll be asking you, you know, how it's going. Absolutely. And I think this episode will come out sometime in May. So uh, I have a good one and a half months to try it out and also (laughs) write maybe a one additional follow-up paragraph with my experience with uh, Allegra's routine. I love that. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time. And really, most importantly, I'm really not just saying this because you're you're interviewing me. Your your program, your app has really changed the way I work. And I really can't thank you enough for for making it and and kind of saving my work life from chaos. So thank you. Hey, thank you so much, Allegra. Uh, really means uh, a lot to me, these kind words. Thank, thank you so much. I'm so grateful. All right. Well, take care. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye, Allegra. Bye.